Let's talk about the F word. Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Tyler, what's going on, Brandon? How was uh, how was your holiday, Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was phenomenal, man. We spent a lot of time with Rianne and my wife's side of the family, and uh, had uh, her brother, who we don't get to see very often, came in town from California, and it was it was awesome to see everybody and have a good time with them. So great, great holiday for us. Yeah, her her brother's the man. Um, so yeah, her si- her siblings, her family's phenomenal. So yeah, they're great. You got some good in laws. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. You, I'm lucky. You better not say too much, but I'll just <laughs> I'll leave it at that. You got good in laws. You're lucky. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, it sounds like you're not feeling too good today, huh? Oh uh, yeah, you know when about this time of year the kids, um, all start bringing home all kinds of stuff, you know, so. That's what happens to me. I just pick up whatever they bring in. So you're dedicated. You don't skip a beat. Don't miss a day of work. Maybe you just uh, don't trust me to do an episode alone or something. No, no. <laughs> I just take a. I just take a page out of your uh, out of your book. Just okay. no matter what, I don't miss. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> just set a horrible example to everybody about self care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we, well, since you're here, I'm glad you're here and we might as well get some work done. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the F word. Um, our, people are probably thinking like, gosh, with Jared's episode, they already talked about swearing and the F word and things like that. But <laughs> this is different than what than what you might be thinking. Um, it, so sure ta- feels, it sure feels like a four letter word sometimes. Yeah. So we're talking about forgiveness. And why does it feel like a four-letter word sometimes, Tyler? Oh, just because it's so, so difficult. It's so, so difficult to come to forgiveness. It feels so unfair. There's such a process to it. It's so painful. Um, it's it's one of the things that I think our clients struggle with more than just about anything in, in their processes as they're trying to heal themselves and their relationships. And so, but we haven't really talked about it a lot. Years ago, I... Uh... I, I was working with a, a couple and um, D-Day happened. She found out about his affair, his affairs actually. Um, and like two weeks later, they're in that with their church leader and their church leader turned to her and said, have, you know, have you forgiven yet? Um, and then three days later she was in my office and you can imagine what she was saying. Oh yeah, for sure. Like now yeah. she's feeling judged and she's not Christian because she hasn't been able to forgive after two weeks. And of course, forgiveness typically, it can definitely happen in a moment, but for most people, it's more of a continual process with moments. Yeah. So um, it's a process and and it, everybody goes through that process in their own time. Um, so Tyler, I don't know if you've been listening to this, but I've been listening to the the letter, the podcast. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so just just uh, just a real quick background. Tyler and I have a personal connection to this podcast. Um, in high school, 
a, one of our buddies, a kid that went to high school with us, um, was shot and killed by by a guy who just wanted to see what it would feel like to kill somebody. So um, he was up taking pictures of the moon at night in the mountains, and this guy pulled over with a gun, shot him, and shot the girl that he was with, and, and killed him, and she survived. Um, anyways, to make a long story short, um, we went to that funeral. It was extremely sad. Um, it, it rocked our whole community's world. Just, just like everybody was in shock. Um, <coughs> fast forward till, till now. And the, the mom and the dad of this, of this friend of ours are now good friends with the man who shot their son. Uh, visit him in prison regularly, talk to him on the phone. They even love him. Say, even say things like, I love you to this person who shot and killed their son. Um, now, Tyler, I just fast forwarded. There's a lot of in between. There's, there's like 20. There's since 1996. Yeah. So there's, there's 26 years or whatever in between that. And the mom and the dad talk about their process of forgiveness. They talk about the hatred and the anger and the bitterness. They hated his entire family. Um, they wanted the worst for him, that he was a monster. And, and it, it's, what's interesting is the mom's talking through her process of forgiveness. She gets to a point where she says, I realized that I needed to forgive for me. I, I was becoming this hatred. I was becoming this anger. Um, and that, that's what my life was. Um, you know, another thing that happened, Tyler, is after Zach was shot, um, three years later, their other son, Levi, died of cancer. Um, so they, there was also this, this poor family just has just goes to the freaking ringer. Yeah, there's also this process of forgive, forgiveness with God, you know, just like looking at their life and saying, what in the world? Um, why do I tell this story? Um, this is an extreme example of uh, forgiveness. And did, did this family need to forgive this man who did this to them? Should they? Uh, you know, they didn't have to. Um, but they chose to. And they chose to for a good reason. So... When we work with betrayal trauma, we work with sex addiction, betrayal trauma. I don't know if there's anything or if there's many things that hurt worse than betrayal. Um, to have somebody betray you, it's not only grief, but it's also this deep um, scar and this deep wound of betrayal. Um, and it, it hurts so much. Um, and there's a process of grief that starts to happen when you go through betrayal. And one of the first steps is, well, there's denial, but then you get into the anger and the depression phase of the grief because of the betrayal. And I see people get stuck in these places in their grief process all the time. They get stuck in the depression. They get stuck in the anger and if you go, uh, like my story before, if you go and you jump ahead and you say, hey, you should forgive, it would be good for you. 
That's the last thing that those that they want to hear when they're in that place. They don't want to hear, tell me to forgive right now, because that's not where I'm at. That's not where I'm resonating right now. I'm pissed off right now. I'm sad right now. I'm hurting really, really badly. And, um, what I need right now is just to feel what I'm feeling. So it's a, it's kind of paradoxical and it's a catch 22. It is absolutely good for you to forgive. It's good for us all to forgive everybody of everything for us to have a heart full of love and acceptance and all those things. And it's important for us to walk through the pain and to walk through the process that it takes to actually forgive. So on one hand, we don't want to stay stuck and never get to a place of acceptance and forgiveness. On the other hand, we don't want to, um, pretend like we're over it and we've forgiven and everything's fine when it's not. When bad things happen to us, we have a, we have an option and that option is to step into the pain and step into the hard so that we can learn something from it. And when we allow ourselves to do that, then we actually experience that growth and that learning. So Tyler just bailed out on me. I don't know where he went. I'm sure he'll be back here soon. Um, so I get the question a lot like, well, what, why is it so hard to forgive? Why don't we all just forgive? And if you think about it, it's, it's about control. Um, it's about control. If, if I can hang on to the anger and, and, and those feelings of uh, hatred against somebody, then I'm able to feel some sense of control. Hey, you're back. Sorry, Brandon. I, I thought you were the one who got cut off. So I was sitting in a different meeting. I don't know what just happened there. Hey, I'll forgive you for bailing on me for a minute. <laughs> Thanks, um, man. So I was just talking about how forgiveness, uh, how it's difficult to forgive because when you forgive, you come to this place of acceptance, you let go of some feelings of control. So uh, these feelings of anger, these feelings of hatred towards somebody else, it almost feels like I have something to control and that's my feelings toward them. And if I come to some place of acceptance about what happened, then I let go of those feelings of control. And, it, and it's almost a step into the dark. It's a step into faith of like, okay, I accept this. So now what? What does this mean for me? And where do I go from here? Yeah, I think it makes it so that's that part makes it so difficult because when we've had something happen to us, we're straining for there, there's a few other things too that, that maybe we'll touch on, but we're straining for control because in a sense, we we feel as though we'll be able to protect ourselves or we'll be able to right the scales of justice or something if we if we hold on to those things, we hold on to that control. And yet that's the very thing that actually causes us to basically stay hurt over and over and over again. In, um, in, yeah. In that letter, in the podcast, the, the letter, um, that's what it's called. Um, you can see it happening with the mom, just like she's trying to be in control by, by hating on this guy and completely destroying herself. Right. And yeah. we, Tyler, we see it all the time with betrayal. Right. Um, and, and this is a hard thing for the, the reason why we say this is the F word is because 
it's we're in no way saying to anybody that you know it you better forgive we're not saying that at all right you're not we're not saying you're a bad christian we're not saying you're a horrible person we're talking about forgiveness because it's a natural part of the process that we see day in and day out where a lot of people get hung up and and it's not to let the other person off the hook it's to free the, the person who it frees is the prisoner who's been feeling all of those feelings of anger and bitterness and struggle. That's, that's why we're talking about it is not to sit and wag our finger at somebody and preach to them about how virtuous they need to be by forgiving. Tyler, how do you know when you've actually come to a place of forgiveness? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I know that there's a, a couple of things we could reference Byron Katie and the work would be one when she says you can come to a place where you're so okay with things as they are that you're okay with whatever has happened and you're okay with whatever will happen. Um, but I think when you ask the question for me, it's more of a check-in with my own body about what does my organism, my, my physical organism do when I think of being fully forgiven and what it feels like is true, like letting go even on a physical level, there's like softness in the muscles, there's softness in my face. There's this feeling of openness inside my chest. There's this feeling of relief uh, that, you know, we always talk about that, that feeling of surrender. And when we say surrender, we say giving something over. We don't say it doesn't mean giving up, but it's like we've finally taken a burden and we've unloaded a burden, so to speak. We've given that back to wherever it belongs, usually back to God. Um, all right. I want to give you a scenario here. And I think in some ways people can think that forgiveness is actually a dangerous thing because, because you can get hurt because if, if you forgive, you accept what is and you allow yourself to get hurt. Um, so I want to give you a scenario here and just walk me through this. Um, this is a true story years ago. Um, this woman was at home with her children uh, one of which was special needs. She was a great mom. Um, she would just like work her butt off as a mom. A lot of kids. Um, he was off um, having an affair with her best friend and didn't really, couldn't really hold down a job, um, cheating on her with her best friend, um, not telling her about it, but gaslighting her like crazy, making her out to be the crazy one. Um, while he was just emotionally abusive and shut down and, and the victim to her. And she was just trying to love him, trying to make the marriage work, doing the best she possibly could. Okay. Talk me through forgiveness from her side of things. How, I mean, Oh boy, Brandon. I mean, even you just talking obviously causes everything inside of me to tighten up, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so so, but if we're, we're talking about forgiveness, number one, she's obviously find, found out at a certain point and she's likely to go through like anything the rest of us would go through all of those feelings. Well, so, so Tyler, about. I just, I want to tell you, so we did therapy for a year, maybe a, a year and a half and it wasn't working and it was horrible and it was getting worse. And I finally came and I said, what's going on? There's a missing piece to this puzzle. And he came out with, well, I've been sleeping with your best friend. So this whole time we've been going to therapy, he's been gaslighting, he's been... She's felt know, like her, it's her responsibility that the marriage well, has gone bad. She doesn't know yeah, why Yeah, what's wrong connect. with me? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so not only has boom, he been doing bomb cheating, but he's been been basically lying and abusing her, and then bam, there it is. Yeah. I imagine. I imagine the process. If it's like a normal kind of within the realm of normal, it would be that she probably felt a ton of shock first. Probably felt like the wind got knocked out of her emotionally. Probably got really confused, scared, didn't know up from down, didn't know what else she didn't know, didn't know if she was safe. Probably felt totally unstable in the relationship, and. And you could call that just being like in shock or denial, almost like, whoa, what, what is actually going on in my world? And that, that probably then moved in and out between those feelings and then other feelings of just complete anger, rage, sadness, yeah. devastation. And, and they probably didn't go in order. They probably bounced back and forth yeah. from all of those places and the coping this is, this is kind of what i was talking about when you were gone how it's grief now right yeah yeah so so she's probably probably doesn't even realize that she's in what would be considered maybe a grieving process but the emotions are all over the map and it keeps coming back down to questions like how could he do this to me how was i so stupid and couldn't see it what's like, wrong how, with me how am i ever going to be able to forgive him i want to save my marriage but i don't even know if i'm ever going to be able to to trust him again or ever be able to be attracted to him again and then she was probably even judging herself about that on some certain level and i imagine that would play out for from if it's like most of our clients for a long period of time for yeah. months sometimes even years yep and yep. and then she would probably find little moments where she would realize that that she was holding on to something that was causing her harm and she might even find moments of being able to let it go but the minute he does something that reminds her of it or or re repeats the history of it or something it probably all comes flooding back and it's probably just this back and forth process but eventually eventually if she's doing her work she comes to realize that forgiveness is not about forgiving him forgiveness is not about being a, a good person forgiveness is about freedom and liberation from the burden that she got dumped on her through no fault of her own yeah yeah and once she starts to get there she can learn to surrender it over and over and over again and she'll have periods of time where she stays in a state of forgiveness for longer periods of time she gains a a bigger, broader perspective of, of who she is. And then once in a while, she'll have a little bump that she has to go back and do the work to surrender it again. It's excellent, Tyler. So here's what, here's what happened. And so they ended up divorcing. And I actually think in order for her to forgive him, she needed to have that boundary um, because it wasn't possible for her to able to maintain her herself and her integrity um, and to feel um, powerful and alive while being married to him. So um, she, she divorced him and that, you know, that illustrates Tyler. It, it a lot of times people think if I forgive, that means I sacrifice my boundaries and it's actually the opposite. You won't be able to forgive fully unless you have your boundaries Um You've got to have, you got to know who you are. You got to know what, what's in your control and what you can protect in order to let go, in order to surrender and in order to forgive. I think, um, I think, I think we need to restate that one more time, Brandon, because this is a really confusing part of the, of the, the talk about forgiveness. 
people think that forgiveness means letting things go back to the way they were. And it absolutely does not mean that forgiveness is actually aided with healthy boundaries. Because yeah. once I can place the people in my life at the level of connection that I, that I'm safe to have them at, it's easier to then start letting go of that control that you're trying to keep when things feel out of control and scary. Yes. Yes. Um, th that's absolutely right. Um, anyways, so she divorces him. Um, he, so he has a bunch of mommy issues and he turns all his mommy issues toward her and in the divorce starts manipulating with custody stuff, with child support, with all kinds of stuff. Right. Luckily she had a really solid divorce decree and she understood that that's what he was going to do. She, and she started to take a look over at his pain a little bit and why he does what he does. It doesn't mean that it's okay. And this is where she has her boundaries and she says, look, this is how it, it is when it comes to our setup now. Um, but she, she actually started to have some compassion for his tantrums and compassion for his manipulations, knowing that she could no longer be hurt by those manipulations and those tantrums because she had the space that she needed in order to allow herself to, to, to see his pain and to forgive him. Right. So, but that, I'm sure that probably took some time and that space away is what actually made it possible for her to start to say, wow, this isn't all just about me either. No, like, not only did it take time, Tyler, it took yeah. therapy because it took her bouncing it off of me, her group, other people. And for them to say, look, you don't, you don't have to internalize all this. You don't have to take it all on. Um, if you caretake for him, um, then you're going to feel abused. You're going to feel hurt. So let's support you to have these boundaries and understand his pain and see where he's at. Um, but she needed to be empowered. She needed to see it though. And she couldn't fully see it without really good support. Yes. And I think you're hitting on a, a couple of principles there, Brandon, that, that having that extra support, having a safe outlet to go and be able to flush all of those things out. The goal isn't to stay stuck in any of one of those particular places of anger or sadness or whatever, but it's, it needs space to actually be processed. And if you can find a good team you find the right people to, to work through some of those things with, you have a safe landing spot with the understanding that the goal is that you're moving really eventually to a new space. And then you brought out another principle here, which is one way to start getting to that new space is, is that once you've got your boundaries in place at a level that you're safe, starting to look, we use it, we call it the relationship thinking skill and dialectical behavioral therapy, starting to look into the life of the other person not to justify their behavior, but to seek true understanding and empathy actually helps in the process of being able to let go. Yeah. It doesn't mean what they did was okay. It, it means that what they did was still wrong and, and hard. But if I'm looking for a way to surrender it, if I'm looking for a way to start learning to let go, it's a really mature step to start looking into the life of the next person and saying, how could this possibly have been their best solution? But, but Tyler, that requires something and that requires not taking <clears throat> their stuff personally. So, so if I know who I am and, and I understand who I am, I'm not going to internalize, I'm not going to caretake 
And so when they're manipulating or they're tantruming or they're doing whatever they're doing, I can say that's about them. And, and because that's about them, I can actually see where that's coming from for them and understand that and try to have some compassion. Um, yeah, I so. think you're, I think you're moving into another principle here with forgiveness that is not very fun to, to talk about if you're the one who's been hurt and it's the word responsibility. And we, in forgiveness, we learn to give responsibility to the places it belongs, including with ourselves. Uh, you know, we were talking just in one of my groups just a week or so ago about this process of forgiveness and the topic came up on forgiveness and why it was so difficult and and in an effort to just kind of like change the perspective a little bit even though it definitely brought some emotion into the room i said i said this person when they did what they did to you we were talking about someone who'd been sexually abused as a child this person when they did what they did to you they hurt you they devastated your world. They changed and altered the way you saw things, saw yourself, saw other things. And every time you relived that since then, which has probably been thousands of times, you have been the one who has actually inflicted the pain again. It wasn't the, it wasn't that person doing it again. Oh, Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Do you hear that? What you're, what you're saying is true. And that's really hard to hear. Um, right, because and I'm not saying that to say to to blame shift or anything like that, but the principle is comes back to this idea of responsibility. This, this is the this is the this is the thing that people have a really hard time with Byron Katie's work about. I love Byron Katie and I totally agree with it, but it's it's really taking that responsibility. It's I love the word responsibility, response ability, my ability to respond to That's something. That's right. That's right. Um, it's and, not blame. It's not blame, and so. Like people are going to suck. People are going to do crappy things, like horrible things in our life. That's going to happen. Yes. Right. Yep. And it's our ability to respond. And, and, and it's not just external, it's internal as well. Well, how do I respond on an internal level to some of these things that happen to me that other people do? Um, that is always within my power. That's always within me. And this is one thing that, that the betrayed, it can be really hard is don't tell me that I'm responsible for my healing. He hurt me. He, he hurt me. That's he's right. the one, he's the one that needs to fix this. And a, right. a really tough principle is you're right. He did that. He should, he shouldn't have done those things. Absolutely. And it's your responsibility to choose healing and it's your responsibility to choose forgiveness. And that's a hard one. Now he might, he might be awesome and start rebuilding trust and getting into recovery and all those things. And it's easier to respond in a loving kind of way, or he might be a total jerk and right. you still have that power within you to choose how you want to respond. I love how you just, how you just attached the power to choose or in essence, your freedom to that word responsibility. So yeah. that's, that's where it goes away from blame shifting into that place of saying, okay, these things have happened. You know, I still have a few things in my own life right now that I still clench up with when I think about even, even when you just mentioned today, that podcast, I, I the minute you mentioned the podcast, Brennan, I went back to that same place as a peripheral character of feeling those things and going like, oh my gosh, toward, I, toward that guy towards him. I still think I have, I'm not 
I'm not fully in a place of forgiveness and I have nothing to do with the story anymore. <laughs> right. Know? Like, but, but that's my responsibility. I have the ability to, to actually set myself free from whatever cage there might still be. I, I still put myself in over and over and over again, especially in a couple of other different areas in my life. And I'm still in process of that. I'm able to find space now where I can let go of those things. And yet sometimes if the right nerve gets hit or the right thing gets said, it's like I pick it back up and I I end up reliving it again and re-suffering, even though th- those things are years old. Right, right, right. But But for good reason. I mean, your friend got shot. So for good reason, you have that trauma response and that protective controlling response to this um, because something so drastic happened. Um, I think, I think that's the hard part is finding that middle balance of going, okay, those feelings that we have are natural and valid. They're valid. We need a place to actually have the ability to validate those things, to receive empathy, to actually like, they're important because they protect you. Yeah. They, they need to be seen. They need to be acknowledged. I think that's, what's hard about like betrayal trauma sometimes is, is that a lot of the losses that come in betrayal trauma, they're what we call ambiguous losses where you, you feel the same things as if something, someone has died, but you can't put your finger on it and give it a name. So it never gets a chance to be spoken or talked about yeah. or processed. Like there's hopes yeah. and dreams and possibilities and, and things that, that never really get to put your finger on it. And that ambiguousness makes it really hard to let it go sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you're balancing that of, I need validation of those things with, man, I need freedom. I need to move on. Like I, yep. I, I've got to take control of my life again. I can't continue to have this person run my life anymore. Right. It's right. T- Tyler. It's interesting. And I'm going to out us a little bit here, but when we start a new betrayal trauma group, it's okay at the beginning of that group to kind of bitch and moan a little bit about your partner to, to, to be oh, pissed. Of course to be frustrated and, and these groups come together and they, they all kind of hate on their husbands a little bit. And, and we, uh, I, I allow that for a little while um, because they're finally f- finding a place where they can actually express some of these emotions that need to be expressed. Some of these emotions that are very important. Um, but then there's kind of a crucial point in the whole recovery process, Tyler. And you know what I'm talking about. It's this yep. responsibility thing. It's okay. We've been here for a while. So now when, when are you ready to take a step forward into not just, not just staying stuck in that, in that place of anger, hatred, whatever it is, and start taking responsibility for your own peace and your own happiness and moving forward, even though this bad thing happened to you. Yeah, I think that's, you know, in inside of that part right there, Brandon, I don't know if you run into this a lot, but this seems to happen fairly regularly in my work, you know, when we're dealing with, you know, someone who's been betrayed, it'll be several months in, sometimes maybe a year or two in, and like, she'll come into group and she'll say, hey, guys, this is my last group. And we're like, okay, like, what's your, what's going on? And she'll say something like, well, I know that my husband is actually in recovery. Like I've seen him making changes. He's actually doing things. He's more honest. He's living with more integrity. He's humble. He's trying to practice empathy, even though he doesn't get it right all the time. Like there's no question in my mind now that I know that he's working recovery and they're like, Oh, that's great. 
well, why are you leaving? And they say, because I'm still miserable. Mm. And, and what makes me miserable is, is that I'm starting to realize now that I have things inside of me that I have to go to work on and I have to change. And I, it's no longer about him anymore. And at that point, it's like, hallelujah. Like there, there can be some movement now there can be some, she's, she's in a certain sense, finally getting, getting to this place where she can untether herself from the damage that her, her partner has done, her husband has done to her. And now she's able to start looking at herself in the mirror a little bit and going, okay, what did happen to me was not fair. It was not right. Um, but I, I've got to make some changes with my life if I actually want to be happy. If I, if I want to, if I want to unburden myself. Uh, Tyler, I've been accused of, of uh, being a man hater, which is funny because I'm a man and I've been accused of siding too much with the men. Um, Siding too much with the betrayed wife. Yeah. Um, So, so it's interesting because, and this is why, because when I get to that place of, of, Hey, like, let's not just sit and blame him anymore and actually look within Mm. and at your own healing and your own process of forgiveness. Sometimes all they hear is, look, you just don't want, you just don't want him to kind of pay the price for the things that he's done. Right. And, and in no way is that my intention. Sure. My intention is to help her set herself free. Um, you know what I mean? And, and so it, it's just, it's interesting. It, you can't force it. You can't make it happen. Somebody goes through a process and some of the most excruciating recovery work is when you, you say, I'm not going to hide behind them anymore, my partner. And by the way, the men that we work with play the victim to their wives all the time as well. And they stay stuck in anger and hatred and all those things. And, and they need to forgive, they need to accept, and they need to move on just as much as anybody. Right. Um, but you can try to hide behind your partner and all the crappy things they've done forever. But what will happen is you'll, you'll be like my new hero now, Cy Snar. Um, you'll be stuck in that hatred and that anger until you decide that you want to resonate in peace and acceptance again. Um, Maybe maybe the rest of your life. Yeah. And a lot of people stay stuck there their whole life. Yeah. It's just talking to somebody, just just talking to somebody who they went to, you know, family Thanksgiving this week and said that their parents have been divorced for, you know, well over 20 years now, and they still can't be in the same room together. So the family does a Thanksgiving on Thursday with one parent and Friday with the next parent. And I was just thinking to myself, like, what a long, miserable life. (laughs) Well, you could have so much more freedom over the course of 20 plus years. If that, if that process would be submitted to, to let go, to let go. Uh, You know, Tyler, and I know we got to wrap this up, but you know, Sai Snar forgiving this man who killed her son. Um, I I just I look at the ripple effects of of this forgiveness that she has, this love that she has in her heart, and it's it's changed my life. Like it's really gotten me thinking of like, why do I hold a grudge against anybody? Like you know, just by her example, just by the love that she's sharing, it's changing this guy's life who's in prison. Um, it's changing 
everyone around her. And the, the, the opposite is true as well. I had in-laws who could hardly be in the same room together who had divorced. It was horrible on the kids. They, they never forgave. And there was ripple effects to their, to their hatred toward each other. Um, so it's hard. It's hard to get to a state of love and peace in your heart toward people. It can be difficult, but it's absolutely possible. Um, if you allow yourself to let go, you allow yourself to feel the pain of it. You step into your healthy boundaries. Um, you don't take personally their stuff and you allow that process of grief and healing to take place. That's beautiful, Brandon. I, um, I maybe just want to add a couple more thoughts here. These are more some practical tools that, you know, our listeners might use in this process of forgiveness. And by no means are they a one-time use thing. They're more of a rinse and repeat kind of a thing. Um, but if I'm realizing that I have resentments maybe towards my spouse or to my parents or to anybody else in my life that I want to let go of that I haven't been able to let go of when those things come up validate that natural response that comes up and then these are some tools that you can practice just some cognitive tools the first one is is that when you ponder on the lack of justice in your life over this particular situation take a minute and think about all of the other times in your life when you've been on the other side of it because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the nature or the depth to which we've wronged somebody. The truth is, is that every one of us by nature of being human is in need of that thing we call forgiveness. And I need, if I can focus on my need for forgiveness, it makes it a little bit easier for me to realize that I need to offer it if I want to receive it. And that's been a really good tool in my life to remind myself that I'm in the process of letting go and changing and growing and that I ought, should offer other people the same. Um, the second thing is to remind myself that forgiveness is not even about the other person. The forgiveness goes with another F word, which is my freedom. If I want freedom, I must learn how to forgive. I must practice the art of forgiveness. And then the last one that's a tool that can be used is to find compassion for the very person who's wronged you. And when you get into that place and you can actually find and see compassion for the other person, it doesn't mean you'll absolve yourself of boundaries or responsibility, but what it means is it'll allow your self, your organism to start to let go of that suffering. The pain of what happened has happened. The suffering is what I continue when I decide not to let it go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just reminded of a stanza of a poem, Brandon, since yes, haven't done that in a while. Just yes. one little, just one little stanza. I was hoping. <laughs> I know you, were. I know you were. So, um, but just one little part of it, I won't redo the whole thing. And I, I think I've shared it before, but it just came to mind when you were talking, it says, all who journey sooner or late must pass within the garden's gate and kneel alone in darkness there and battle with some fierce despair. God pity those who cannot say, not mine, but thine, who only pray to let this cup pass away and cannot see the purpose of Gethsemane. Um, we all come to that point when someone has wronged us that we've got to learn how to be in our own personal Gethsemane, so to speak, and learn how to surrender it back to the source where it doesn't make us suffer anymore. And that is a, that's a gift that we've been given. 
you know, you know, as a Christian person who believes in Christ, that's what the atonement of Christ is there for. And we, we actually refuse that gift when we decide to play judge and jury instead of giving it back to where it belongs. Um, um, and it's interesting, Tyler, basically we're all perfectly imperfect and we are all, you know, we, we all ask for grace and forgiveness from God all the time, you know, so it's hard to extend it sometimes that forgiveness, Absolutely. yet it's so freely given to us, you know, over and, so, and over again, again and again, every day. So, yeah. all right, you guys, if this was helpful, please, please share it. Um, if this got some emotions going for you or made you feel some things, we'd love to hear about it. So uh, leave us a review and we'll see you guys later.